Now breathe in and out. One, two, three, breathe, breathe, breathe. stoned and social this is the internet's number one wellness comedy podcast that's a mouthful but it is the podcast where we get stoned and we get social i am your namaste nat host and with me i've got baked b what's up b what's going on today you like that nickname i just gave you right off i do i'm gonna start using it for like everything now I'm just like, boom, I've got it. Um, so yeah, this is the number one comedy stoner podcast on the web. We keep saying that. If we say it, we can make it happen, right? For real. So In agreement. In agreement. Yeah, just keep saying it, stoner lights. We've got a fun episode planned today. We're going to talk to a new friend of ours named Bailey. We're going to talk about COVID and cannabis, and we're just going to get into some fun stuff here because I feel like, you know, during the COVID nightmare, like the height of it, there was a lot of shakeups to like the social order with anti-work movements. There was economic swoon. There was like polarities in the culture. There's a lot of stuff happening. It was going wild at the time. Yeah, definitely. Yes, yes. And I think a lot of people did not really know, like, how much they needed weed in their life until Mm -hmm. lockdown happened. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So let's welcome Bailey to the show. Bailey, thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me here. We're going to get goofy so don't don't worry <laughs> okay I, I love the nickname namaste nat and uh baked b by the way that was great thank you thank you i'm i'm here all night folks um. <laughs> <laughs> so normally we like to start off with what we're stoned on uh what do you got today b what are you on um i took a nice huge dose of my uh, cbd oil tincture by okay. moonlight healing Yes, I like this. And I just pulled out my Red Bolly Kratom bag, and I'm walking around with it, but I haven't done it yet. Okay, okay. I like this. This is progress. This is progress. But I'm holding it, and I'm walking in circles. (laughs) Yes, this is not, this is normal behavior for Kratom. Anyone who's had Kratom knows this, like, Kratom feels so good, but it's so awful to take. Oh my god. I mean it tastes yes. like shit. Yeah, right. Thank yeah. you, Bailey. Bailey knows. It tastes like butt. Like it's just <laughs> not like it's oh it, the effects are amazing, but like just like the idea of like having to swallow Kratom, I'm like, nope, my body does not like that. <laughs> <laughs> so when I first tried Kratom, um I tried green Kratom and I never tried anything else just because mm. I couldn't get past that taste. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh the dude in the smoke shop, he gave me these little pills and he's like you're going to want to drink it with orange juice. It's yes, orange juice. Look at her. Yes. yes. That's what I said. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. And so I did, and I felt great. I took the the whole, like, dose he gave me, and then I bought a jar mm-hmm. of the green stuff and mm-hmm. tried it out for a while, and I either always took too much or I just oh. couldn't get past the taste. Yeah, it's rough. Like, we, I mean, B totally advocates for great. <laughs> 
I do. Right in here. I think it's great, but I, you know, I've shared before that I used to put it into pills, um, but you mm-hmm. need a lot of pills. Like I was, I'm terrible at math, but I was there like weighing things and being like, okay, I need 19 pills that are packed. Like, and it's like, that's not worth it to me. So, so I got, I kind of stopped. I kind of stopped. Are you, um, are you smoking or eating anything today at all? Yeah, so I took a couple edibles before we started. Um, I mentioned that to be, I think. I'm taking, uh, so I take these triple threat uh, CBD, CBG, and THC uh, edibles from Swerve mm-hmm. Company. Okay. Uh, so I took a 10 milligram of that, and then because I knew I'd probably need a little bit more help uh, with anxiety, I took some Easy Street uh, 20 milligram edibles. I took one of those. Ooh. I like it. I like it. I'm, I'm vaping. I'm, I've got the lab here. Um, I'm pretty sure this is dosi dough that I have. And I promised myself after I got the vid, I was like, I'm gonna give my lungs a rest. I'm not yeah, going. right. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, but this is like a great pin. I love it. It's just a, it's a great pin. So um, I'm glad that we're all, we're all on the level today. So Bailey, why don't you tell some of our stoner lights who don't know about you? Give us the deets on you. Share with us about yourself and any anything you want to shout out uh, before we get into wherever we're going today. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so um, I, for those who don't know, my name is Bailey Rodfield. I am a, a Tulsa-based poet and um, podcaster. Uh, I share a lot of my own poetry on my podcast, Life Isn't That Bad. And I do like I do skits on it. Um, I, I play characters. Uh, I've started working with like other people in the trans community. Like one of my one of the musicians for my show is trans, and, and mm-hmm. she makes like a lot of lo-fi like jazz and stuff. Um, and I just uh, I I've been doing that for like two years now, um, and I'm really excited about it. <laughs> Ooh, I like it. I'm all about the lo-fi. You are. You've talked about it before. I they got like Beast to study and relax to is mm-hmm. my favorite band. Which sometimes. one? The little girl with the kitty cat on the desk. Like yeah, everyone. yeah. Or there's also one where she's like sleeping. And yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, I I read during the pandemic that. Uh, lo-fi beats and like ambiance music like this with no lyrics went up like 200 percent on on uh spotify because people just you know we couldn't deal with the lyrics like everything was yeah. just like <laughs> everything was really sad and you'd turn on yep. top 40 and just get more depressed and yep. so yep yep that's you said it Bailey. <laughs> you just summed it up like yeah just don't listen to things with music it makes you super super emo so uh, I guess tell us a little bit about like, you know, what you were doing during the pandemic. How did it go for you? It went awfully, honestly. Like, okay, I survived, but um, so we started the pandemic in New Mexico in the little town I graduated college from, and then um, my partner and I got pregnant. So we decided to move to a, a area that was bigger, that we had more resources, that we were able to like establish ourselves in, and we ended up in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Uh, oh. Really, really cool city. I really enjoyed living there. I could not afford it. Um, we we tried it for like eleven months, and then we ended up just having to kind of abandon our apartment, um, throw everything away, start over again, and so we moved down to. Oklahoma, where we've been ever since. 
Oklahoma seems to be like where people are moving. B went out to Oklahoma as well. Yeah, I did. Um, actually, when the pandemic was going on, I was living in Las Vegas. All of Las Vegas completely shut down. So that's what yeah, we opened yeah. up. Some of those, uh, sorry, some of those um, like strip photos where mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, during quarantine, that was awful. Yeah, it was. It was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's when I opened up our cannabis business and moved out to Oklahoma because it was so easy to get into the business mm. um, out here. And that's how we ended up out near where you are now. That's crazy. That's amazing. Yeah. A very small world. Nameless. I prefer, I will say I prefer Oklahoma cannabis over Michigan cannabis because... I am shocked to hear that. Wow. (laughs) What makes it, what do you prefer about it? Well, for one thing, price point is better at the consumer Mm -hmm. level. Um, It was very boutique up in Michigan because they had rec and med, but they were mostly geared towards rec. Uh, so you'd walk into a dispensary and they'd be like, look at this fancy, you know, Leonardo da Vinci painting on the wall or uh, not actually, you know, but just this fancy artwork everywhere and glass everywhere and chandeliers. Mm. And they're like, here, would you like to spend $30 on one cartridge? Um, would you like? <laughs> wow. wow. Yeah, that sounds better. He's been taking the Oklahoma cannabis scene by storm out there with Wavy Flower Company, with your genetics. Yeah, yeah, definitely starting to see Oregon wine and that Tom popping up in dispensaries all over the place in Oklahoma. It's very cool. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Uh, I would love to hear more about that, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll talk more about it. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, the pandemic was kind of just, just crazy crazy all around I feel like um some people had some real (laughs) realizations with not only their own like what they were doing with things but cannabis got a big you know it got front and center during the pandemic I feel like at the height of it we're still in the pandemic guys I know I keep saying like during the pandemic like we're Mm -hmm. still in it uh but it's it's settled out a little bit I so uh if if it wasn't for cannabis I don't know how I would have dealt at all (laughs) Mm. Mm. people like that i uh i made the mistake of the thanksgiving before the pandemic i declared i'm gonna go one whole year with no alcohol and my friends were like oh nat are you sure and (laughs) pandemic happened everyone's like oh people were sending me like champagne and wine and i was like what are you guys doing and they're like oh because you definitely want to drink now and i was like whoa yeah, but I'm kind of in this year thing now. So I still, I've not drank since November of 2019. I've been Cali sober. Wow, well, congratulations. That's amazing. Yeah. Thank you. I was just saying, I do not miss alcohol. I don't miss a lot of the things that used to happen from drinking alcohol. I don't miss the the hangovers. The hangovers. The yeah, I don't miss any of that. I don't miss the drunk text. Um, <laughs> the apology text in <laughs> the next couple of days. I don't miss any of that at all. No, so uh, like I, we're getting into alcohol a little bit. Um, I alcoholism kind of runs in my family. We all have those tendencies. We all have like that Irish blood in us, I guess. Um, but it, I struggled with it in college a little bit uh, in my early twenties, and then I just realized like if I was gonna do anything, California sober was probably the better way to go. It was better on my liver. It was better for my overall health, mm-hmm. um, my mental health. And like yeah. you said, no, like 
no hangover-esque situations where one time, okay, I woke up after a night of like partying with friends and I woke up and I was like on the floor of my dorm room um, without any, I, like my wallet, my phone, mm. my my building ID, <sighs> nothing. I hate that. I hate when that happens. That's so scary. I've picked up people. I've had friends who, I have lots of friends who know they can call me when they're drinking shit hits the fan <laughs> and I've you know pick them up and they don't have their glasses and they don't have their cell phone and they missing a shoe and I'm like what the fuck were you doing what where's all your shit man they don't know they don't know they were drunk they're like I don't I don't know what do you mean I don't know you're here though thanks (laughs) and the next day we have to fucking play like inspector gadget and go back and find all of their stuff those are are always those are always the worst situations are you also Cali sober right now, Bailey? Or are you just using cannabis products and and more like of organic type products instead of alcohol? So I do still drink, but whereas like it used to be, I don't know, you know, a bottle in a weekend. Now it's like a a tall can of beer. Yeah, that's what I do now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for me, you know, I like I said, I don't miss. I don't miss alcohol. We also have alcoholism that runs in my family. So I often would take breaks from alcohol for like a month or something. I never had gone a year or anything like that. But the main thing is I just miss champagne and cider. Those are the things. Yeah, Yeah, champagne's fun. And there's some tasty ciders out there, too. Yes, yes. I live next to like, I live very close to a a, a cider place that makes its own cider. And I'm always like walking by (laughs) like, hmm, I miss you guys. So I'm not I'm not convinced I won't ever drink again. But for now, I'm very happy with where I am and what I'm doing. And it's it's really served me served me well, because I'm like you during the pandemic. I feel like um, I might not have I think I would have used alcohol irresponsibly. Like I probably would have just been trying to have like little low key parties with my friends or whatever. And so, um, I didn't do that. I saw that the analytics, uh, came up and they said for at least cannabis that legal marijuana sales increased by 120% in 2020. Holy I, cow. I believe it. I believe it. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause like, so we did, my spouse and I did a lot of like DoorDash and Instacart throughout the mm-hmm. pandemic. Um, and doing Instacart orders, you'd sometimes see just like these cul-de-sacs of just bins full of like wine oh, yes. bottles and liquor bottles. Yes. And like we would drive by and be like, what is going on? And then you have to sit with yourself and realize, oh, no, 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 no. A lot is going on. And this mm-hmm. is how these mm-hmm. people are coping. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had friends like that who I was, you know, we had some real serious talks with some people in my friend circle where we were like, are you okay? And like, is there anything we can do? Because everyone was kind of dealing with it a little bit different. And this trend um, didn't even stop for 2020 and 2021 I saw that cannabis sales went up 61 percent and yeah we as Americans just Americans not even going to get to the (laughs) Canadians because they also went crazy Mm -hmm. we bought 18 billion dollars worth of cannabis in our first coronavirus year oh my that's incredible it was seven billion more than 2019. That's what we were spending our stimmy <laughs> checks on. Oh yeah, give me that stimmy, like going to the dispensary. How much did you spend on weed during the pandemic, uh, 
be. I mean, you that's not fair. You cheat. You broke Look, shit. Exactly. I, the spending actually went down. Yeah, because I was like, oh, no, we need to start growing more. We need to, we need to go into full gear of learning how to, like, make more genetics, new genetics. Then we'll just smoke all this stuff up and see what's good and what's bad. So, I mean, I'm probably not the right person to ask. Well, okay, I would say that moving from Michigan to Oklahoma, even though it was, like, not the greatest of circumstances, we save so much money on Mm -hmm. cannabis these days, whereas, like, um, $120 a week for my spouse and I to, you know, have the amount of things that we could use to utilize, um, that was, like, $120 per week in Michigan and now it's like mm-hmm. maybe 60 every two weeks oh here. wow oh yeah. wow that's a huge difference huge yeah my uh i wasn't really tracking my spending because i usually use it for the podcast and i use such a small amount and use like five maybe 10 milligrams for pain and so i was like i'm good on this and very quickly i was like i can't feel my five or 10 milligrams it just wasn't registering and um i'm getting certified now as a cannabis consultant and one of the things i love to share with people is that everything affects how cannabis affects you like what you eat how you're feeling uh what you know if you have stress levels and so i get a lot of people who are talking and they're like oh but i used to be able to have 20 and now i don't feel it at all and the first thing i say is like are you under any stress is there other things going mm-hmm. on because that's part of what we does and you may not recognize that when you're in a better mood you might just get the giggles and feel good but if you're actually stressed it's like helping tackle some of that stress before you can get to that giggle part and so you might have to increase a little bit so I did increase my usage as well and I was spending about mm, I'd say like $200 a month on on uh, cannabis but that was myself and and my partners and so like we also shared everything uh, with our friends and stuff so we were like doing little trades but definitely went up definitely those little trades that uh like friends do for each other those are like what make or break the stoner community i think Mm -hmm. yeah yeah there's been so many times when i haven't been able to afford jack shit and my my friends will notice hey you're like vibrating with anxiety do you need an Mm -hmm. edible or something that's so sweet yeah that's kind of what we do too we're like because i was telling you we couldn't find any sativa you know for me it's all about yeah. like that's what i'm trying to do and I, all i had was hybrids and indicas and i was like i really want to sleep my friend was like i have all this sleepy stuff and i was like oh we need to trade <laughs> let's trade some stuff and that that's really good that you have that because i think for some people uh we're still in this mindset that like marijuana can't be medicine there's a lot of people who still have these stigmas um and just like the you know like we're saying during the pandemic there's a lot of things at play here right cannabis is becoming increasingly accessible we've got 37 states now that's got medical marijuana laws we've got 19 states that are doing rec and um i think as we keep you know letting more people get access to weed and to cannabis COVID was good for that, that we're going to start seeing people look at it in a little bit different light. And like, it is okay for anxiety. It is okay for insomnia. It is it okay if you just want to chill the fuck down. Um, I think people, movies, media, I think B, you would agree, show stoners as like always getting like, kind of like alcohol, right? They show alcohol right. like getting drunk all the time. You don't have to drink to get drunk. You don't have to get stoned to get like totally wasted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Really good point. Yeah. 
I mean, when I first started, I was like, I'm going to get so stoned because I only started using heavily about five or six years ago. And I was like, oh, it's, I'm going to get stoned all the time. And then I learned about microdosing and I was like, oh, well, this is cool then. I'm, I'm fine with this. But there's a lot of people who I, I don't think know about that. So I was definitely a recreational user uh, from the get-go and then leaned more into the medical side as I got older, as I started to like go to therapy, understand more about how it affected the body, that kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um, uh, if, you, if you're interested in hearing like old stoner stories from high school, I'd be more than willing to share that. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I'm sure we're going to get to these. <laughs> I have some too. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, I feel like it was, it was good. It was a blessing in disguise, um, that cannabis was available for some people. Um, and, and I, I know there's people who are doing other things as well. Oh, I am. (laughs) So there's actually, um, with, you mentioned microdosing a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, I, my day job is I work at a natural food store that sells supplements as well. I, um, microdosing just like things like lion's mane um cordyceps uh, turkey tail uh, mm. the, the non-psychedelic ones that also have all these amazing health benefits that's become really normalized um like i get people all the time asking me at work you know hey what's the deal with mushrooms like why mm-hmm. are they so popular how can i use them to affect my overall better health and i'm like i wish we could get there with with psilocybin too because it works as well but people are just now dipping in their toes to switching coffee for like mushroom elixirs you know yeah yeah and b you've got some insight on this because i know we all spent lockdown trying to like try anything to feel better right i was like yoga i had an upside down yoga thing where i stuck my head through and put my legs on the wall like (laughs) you're all just doing anything to feel better but you got into you started doing some research and you got into the the shrooms as well can you share with us about that yeah i'm currently microdosing with psilocybin i am on day 75 i can i was making a whole video um a a little like vlog of Mm -hmm. it going from week to week i just currently had to stop because i've been banned for my videos (gasps) uh someone really nice and supportive reported me so i can no longer do my videos yeah, somebody out there. Um, but psilocybin has completely changed uh, my view of mm-hmm. things when it comes to my uh, panic disorder, uh, my anxiety, uh, my suicidal ideations are not, I, won't, I don't want to say they're gone, but they are like way down to where I just don't have the energy to think about it anymore. Mm-hmm. And that I suggest so awesome. anyone give it a try. I, and, yeah. and you don't get high or anything from it. That's the thing. You don't see trails. You don't trip. Yeah. Uh, it's just like taking a, a low I dose know. of like Xanax or something. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Like people will take lion's mane for cognitive support, mm-hmm, but they won't mm-hmm. consider a, psy- a psilocybin for anxiety or, you know, depression or... Yeah, and B, I, you know, as someone who's who talks to you week after week after week, and you know, we text and everything when we're not recording, I have noticed like a marked difference in your anxiety. Like, I love the new like water off a duck's back approach. I see you not caring as much anymore. Yeah, Yeah, you're just like fuck it, and I love that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I like it. I'm. I love shrooms, but they always make me, like, they make my tummy not feel good. So I've had them in edible forms because here in D.C. they're legal. So oh, I didn't know that. 
Yeah. So I've had them in a candy bar and that was a really good experience. Um, I used to micro LSD for like a article I was writing for work, which was fun. And the big thing was, let's see if anyone noticed, let's do it for 45 days and see if anyone notices that you're microdosing and like, what's the effect of it. And so I had a really positive experience with that myself. What did, uh, so were people able to notice? Nope. 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 No one, no one noticed. Um, I think out of the 75 or sorry, out of the 45 days, I had like two days where I may have taken a little bit more than I meant to, but I still wasn't like, I was still able to function. I just had like some more visuals than I usually did. And like one time the sound was like reverberating and I was like, Oh, I think I had too much. But other than that, no one was able to tell, um, you know, when the piece came out, so many people were like, Oh my God, you were high while you, I was talking to you and I was like yeah but I remember it it wasn't like I was again I think people have the wrong impression about some of the drugs that are out there Mm -hmm. yeah uh so I've done both um both shrooms and LSD recreationally um and all I can really say is that it helps me deal with like deeper trauma that maybe Mm -hmm. I haven't thought of like um last time I was on shrooms I remember going to the bathroom at one point and I was I was washing my hands and I looked at myself in the mirror and I decided in that moment to have like a nice 10, 15 minute long conversation with myself. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, <laughs> where I was like just super nice to myself, which isn't oh. always the case. And I was just yeah. like, hey, look, here's some advice that you need to hear. Just think back on this when you're sober and remember that, you know, you don't always hate yourself. That would be cool. Oh, that's such, that's so sweet. Yeah, I think for some people, like, accessing that self-care and that, like, like banishing that negative self-talk, I'm all about that. Uh, through my other work, I like to help people, like, get rid of that voice in your head that tells you all these stupid things that just aren't true. They're just not true. Um, they're just your ego playing tricks on you. And so for some people, they need things like the microwing or using recreational, you know, psychedelics to get to that point where they can express self-care. Absolutely. Uh, I 100% agree with that. I still have my full experience that I have not done yet because I'm terrified of going down that route. But after mm. hearing Bailey just explain how she just looked in the mirror and told her told herself how great she is for 15 <laughs> minutes, I was like, uh, <laughs> sign me up. This sounds amazing. It's all about set and setting, right, Bailey? Absolutely. Yeah, you, you don't... The first time I did shrooms, um, I was in college. I had two grams. Um, I, I took one gram and uh, nothing really happened after about an hour. And I decided I'm going to take the other and I'm going to go for a walk. And that was an absolutely terrible decision. Uh, I had a little like nutty buddy bar that I was mm-hmm. eating when the second gram kicked in. Mm-hmm. And the texture of the nutty buddy bar kind of turned to sawdust in my mouth. Oh, man. Gosh. Um, and I was like, I've made a grave mistake, haven't I? Okay. <laughs> We've all been there. We've all been there. We've all been there. I've told this story before where I've, like, my friend came back. This is before it was, like, fully legal here in D.C. And we were still doing back, you know, backdoor stuff. And it's still, like, it's legal, but it's, it's strange here in D.C. Everything's a gift. We can't buy anything. So I've got my med card for the dispensary. But she brought back things from Colorado, these tiny little, like, 
nutty like they were like little butter like cracker things and I was like oh and I had several of them and she came back and I was like yeah so let me know when we're going to get into these edibles because I'm hungry and she was like no no the edibles were here and I was like where and she's oh, like oh no oh you were like, eating them the whole time she's like how many of these did you eat and I was like I don't know like four or five and she was like these are the edibles and I was like they were in a Ziploc baggie I didn't know and she was oh, like oh gosh okay they're no. 25 milligrams oh my gosh <laughs> and this is back when I didn't use very often so um I spent the whole evening just like so stoned I don't remember at one point I was like trying to like I wanted to go home I wanted to drive home and my friend and my my partner it was like you can do it. If you can get off this couch and get your keys, then you can drive home. And I remember being like, okay, I can do that. (laughs) And I kept saying like, okay, okay, I've got my keys. And they were just dying. And I was like, why are you guys laughing? And they're like, you have not moved in 20 minutes. What are you talking about? My keys are right here. Right yeah, here. I was like, what do you mean? I was like, oh, you guys are playing. You took them. You moved them back over there. And they're like, <laughs> no one has moved them now. Like, you've never gotten up or anything. And so um, you really got to be careful because I felt, I kept saying, I feel like I'm having like an acid trip. That's how much I had had where I was like, oh, man, this is like bad, bad trip. But um, then I got to the giggle part of it and, you know, I slept the rest of it off and woke up with a stone over. Um, and yeah, it was all good. Those are some of the best naps in the world, though. Oh, my it's, God. Deep sleep. It's so deep. Yeah, deep sleep. What about you, B? Does, does weed still make you sleepy? Um. Well, you know, I just stick to flour. Um, I've tried edibles in the past, and I'm one of those people that are like, you take like the smallest amount, and you have to go to the hospital kind of situation. Like, I'm mm-hmm. dying, I'm dying. Mm-hmm. I have to like, for some reason, I always think you got to take a shower. The shower will wash away the high. <laughs> And I will spend hours in the shower after an edible. And I've tried it several times. And it's just not my thing. I don't know why. Like, my body says no to it. So I just don't go down that alley anymore. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Some people just doesn't hit right with them. Yeah. I have heard that, though. Like, uh, some people don't. It just doesn't metabolize well or whatever it is. It just doesn't vibe well. Like, it just metabolizes much stronger in me for some reason yeah yeah sounds like you're having like overstimulation I'm, mm-hmm. I, I was talking about this on one of the other episodes but like for some people the people who have the opposite effect that you want from cannabis where you get extra paranoid and extra mm-hmm. anxious on it those people usually have something happening in their brain that when they have the cannabis it's triggers and overstimulation in their uh, in one of their nerves and so that causes things like yeah wanting to take a shower a lot wanting to like fidget or like I get I have mm-hmm. friends who like do the pacing when they're stoned and I'm like oh you can't have this like if this is what it makes you do like this is not good this doesn't look fun to me mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's the bad time all around mm-hmm, mm-hmm. now in the you know, we're talking about the, the 30, you know, over 30 states where you're getting the, the medical marijuana here. Um, I loved that there was a rush of essential designations uh, in the early weeks of the pandemics. Like, I thought that was one of the most monumentous moments in this timeline for America's legal marijuana industry. Did you see any law changes in your area? I know you said you were moving. Um, 
So you moved from like a legal state to a legal state, right? Yeah. Uh, so Oklahoma's legal at medical level right now, and they're pushing mm-hmm. for rec. Um, Michigan's legal with both rec and medical. My home state is New Mexico, and during the pandemic, they legalized recreational, mm-hmm. um, which is really exciting. I haven't actually had the opportunity to go back there yet and check it out. But when I had my medical card in New Mexico, that was really, really nice. That happened pretty shortly before the pandemic started. So I had mm-hmm. that like right when it right uh right when I was helping people, you know, uh look for toilet paper. Um uh, Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, everyone remember that. Uh I I I still have like my my uh my I always say like my treasure like I we were like oh no we're a house of like five people we need some toilet paper because uh I, I know a few people know my my entire house burned down like the first day of the pandemic that was a great way to start uh <laughs> 2020 out the way oh my gosh so we were like staying with people and there was a bunch of people in the house and we couldn't find any toilet paper. It was like $700 on mm-hmm. Like I took screenshots because I was like, this is fucking ridiculous. I can't believe this. And Amazon also, boo, had yep. toilet paper that was like a hundred. Jeffrey and... Bezos. Yeah, we hate him on this podcast. No, it's fine. We, we're down with Amazon here. We, we do not like them on the pod. But, um, they had toilet paper for like $200, $250, and we were like, oh, my God, this is ridiculous. And so one night I just couldn't sleep because everyone was having, like, distressing pandemic sleep. And I was like, let me just refresh Amazon. And I saw toilet paper, and it was like 60 rolls for $100. And I was like, oh, and I, like, woke everyone up. And I was like, I'm getting toilet paper. <laughs> I'm getting it. <laughs> and I, like, tweeted it, and we got it. And you know what? That whole box is still sitting right here. It's used as like, we use it for a chair. We never got to break into it because I kept being like, this isn't in case of emergency. Right? Um, so I'm just, I'm going to be one of those old people who just hangs on to shit from like an old traumatic thing that happened and hope to use it in the future. So I'm not going to use this pandemic toilet paper until I get to like another crisis that I need it for. Yeah, see, I feel like 50, 60 years from now, I'm going to be obsessed with toilet paper. I'm already <laughs> obsessed with paper towels, so I'm well on my way to just having a, an unreasonable supply of paper goods uh, in my old age that I yell at the, you know, the, you know, the little neighborhood kids, just, hey, don't touch that. We might have another, you know, X, Y, Z. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's me. I, I was already, I'm a little bit of a germaphobe, so the pandemic just, like, I was like, ooh, okay, germs are around. And so I was fully stocked on wipes. Like, we have a whole, like, I was that person where people were like, hey, can I give you $10 for a thing of wipes? <laughs> because we had, like, 30, I just buy them when they're on sale because I'm not, again, I'm a little bit of a germaphobe, so I'm usually wiping things down. And so we were set. We were not on the wipe. Uh, brigade looking for that. It was the toilet paper run that had us. We installed a bidet that went terribly wrong. As well. <laughs> oh, uh, no. I've never, okay, I've never used a bidet. Yeah, neither have I. Uh, I'm scared of them, honestly. No, no there's like, it's like a kiss for your butt. Like, it's great. Um, but <laughs> it was that said, if you don't install it properly, what'll happen is you'll squirt water at the ceiling and get water everywhere in your bathroom. Oh, no, no. <laughs> so that's what happened. B, you, I mean, you had, you know, you're part of the cannabis industry. Like, did you, how did the, everything being essential, uh, like, did you notice anything from that on your end? 
Do you mean like in the Oklahoma cannabis industry? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, what I noticed was a lot of people were doing uh, the thing where you could call into the dispensaries and you could order and then like go do curbside pickup with it, which I thought was totally cool. Like, because Mm -hmm. cannabis, you know, it had to be essential during the pandemic. You you couldn't just shut us off, especially with it being medical. Um, So you saw a lot of businesses having to change the way that they were, you know, operating so people could still get their medicine here. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The, the thing, the thing that we keep like griping about here that we don't like from the pandemic is I'm not really into this like QR code menu thing. What is okay, that? Yeah. So, like okay. Too it's like um where you have to scan the QR code with your phone to access mm-hmm. the menu of wherever you are. I'm not a big fan of that either. Oh, okay. Unless I have Wi-Fi, I don't really have cell service right now, so that's <laughs> kind of hard for me. Well, I also just think it's very presumptuous to think that, like, you know what, we're not, you know, and when I asked about it, it was like, oh, we got to wipe them down. I was like, "Mm, shouldn't you have been wiping them down anyway? Right. Yeah, for real, though. (laughs) So whenever I go to a place now and I see a QR code, like, my partner and I are like, oh, like, we hate that because we can't show each other things on the menu. We're, like, holding our phones. And so um, I feel like this is here to stay. I do, like, the curbside everything pretty much happened. It was like it wasn't yeah, a thing before really the nice. pandemic, you know. No. It wasn't a thing. Mm-mm-mm-mm. You know what I did like that became a curbside thing during this was like stripping. I was just telling someone about this. I don't know if you guys remember during COVID, strippers were like, "Oh, we can't strip," and I don't know if it was Vegas or not. Um, but I think that it may have been <laughs> Vegas where they had, um, strippers who were just dancing. It was like a drive-through strip. I feel thing. like that'd be Portland, really? <laughs> oh, okay. I don't think I ever heard anything about that. That's really cool. Yeah, you could just drive through. And, like, I saw pictures of, like, girls dancing on your window, like, on your windshield and stuff. And so you just tip them okay. through the window. And I love that, like you know everything's going tits up world's ending but mm-hmm. like you know what though how can i just see this last dance like, for real <laughs> and i get this um but just everything turned curbside just everything was like yep we'll throw it at your car yeah and drive throughs like i didn't even know that dispensaries could do like a drive through situation like i'm going to taco bell or something oh, and yeah. that was another huge change i saw you know, the other day I went to a dispensary with a friend and there was, so there was a coffee place next to it that had a drive through but it was like at the end of the building and the dispensary was on the other end of the building and I mistakenly thought that there was a drive through for the dispensary we were going to. I got really excited. <laughs> I do that too. That's why when I go to California, I love that they can just drop it off at my house. Um, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and like, ordering and dropping it off. That also yeah. started happening. You're right. I was all about that. Um, now, I don't want to get too far. I know we're like, we're reminiscing, but you you told us at the beginning of this, Bailey, that you also are a poet. You mentioned that you were a Buddhist poet. So tell us a little bit about this. So I stumbled onto like Buddhism, first of all, when the pandemic started. Uh, mm-hmm. I was an essential worker, I guess, when everything broke out. I was working a dairy department at a Walmart somewhere in New Mexico, um, and I had like six or seven panic attacks in the first couple months because mm-hmm. I just couldn't mm-hmm. deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
so I started listening to Duncan Trussell a lot, and like I watched um, the Midnight, what is it, Midnight Podcast. Mm-hmm, There's mm-hmm. A, the, the, his show on Netflix, and through that I started studying like some of the Buddhist teachers he had on the show, some of the meditation teachers he had on the show. And I found myself a meditation course, a mindfulness course. I started doing that. It really helps me kind of cope. Like, I can't always quiet what's going on in in my head. But Mm -hmm. sometimes meditation and mindfulness can be a useful tool, I guess, to to do that with. And so I also, my, my, I come from a family of poets. My mom is a poet. My grandma is a poet. My dad is a poet. All of them have, like dabbled in it before and I used to run a blog a couple years ago and I just got to the point where I got tired of typing so many words to say something so like (laughs) uh, something little you know so Mm -hmm, I started mm -hmm. saying a few I started using a few words to try to say a lot that's um that sounds like a good that's a good description of poetry actually (laughs) a few words to say Mm a lot I like that so most of my episodes, uh, I, I recorded all myself. I edited all myself. Um, most of my episodes have, at, I try to have three poems in each one. It's like talk segment, poem, talk segment, poem. And recently I've also been featuring like trans musicians on my show. And I've been, re- I've been like trying to collaborate and just reach out and do as much as I can. Uh, the, my whole thing for the podcast it's called life isn't that bad and I, it's i'm trying sometimes it feels like i'm trying to gaslight myself into <laughs> believing that <laughs> no no i know we're i know we're talking about the pandemic and we're talking about some things that weren't so great but i think i think all three of us here can agree that like life is awesome we've we're super grateful for what we have mm-hmm. and absolutely easy to really get lost in the the details as I like to say when I step back and take a bigger picture of like my life I'm like yeah I'm happy I love this like Mm -hmm. I'm I'm grateful for everything that I have it's the little details that we have to sometimes just separate ourselves from and I I ask myself this multiple times a day like is this worth it now like I'll be like is this worth getting mad over is this worth like nah and I'll just like gotta just stop obsessing over some things so I read a really cool article from, I think the it's called Lion's Roar magazine mm-hmm. um, the other day. And it was like talking about this Buddhist principle about uh, living in the moment. And there's a phrase they use. It's a uh, right now, it's like this. And so like, let's Ooh. say you're walking outside and it's raining and like mm-hmm. there's this, it's windy and you're soaked. It's like you stop in the middle of all of that and you're like, okay right now I'm wet and I'm soaked and I'm miserable and it sucks out here, but I can also like go inside. I don't know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like that. The right now it's like this. Cause that's really, that's really what it's about. Like it's, it's always these little moments that make up everything. So it's important to remember that each moment is not going to last forever. I tell that to people a lot in the coaching that I do, which is this is where you're at you know, at this time, at this moment in time, this is not your destination. Don't stress about it. Like this is all, it's all going to pass. Um, this is a mantra that I also live by. It's a, it's a little take on what you guys are talking about where I tell myself everything is temporary. Like everything in life is temporary. So what you're dealing with right now, it's not going to happen forever. And that's what helps me have like a, a more grounding 
mm-hmm. and be able to stop and think about it isn't that bad because this is just a hump to get through it. Yeah. I had one therapist earlier this year tell me it's like um, it's like you're in a train and you know you're going down the tracks and someone throws a log onto the train tracks. And so you have to figure out, okay, what am I going to do right now? Am I going to like, I don't know, pull the shade down and pretend that this isn't happening and draw like a nice little sun and crown and like just distract myself from the fact that there's a log on the train tracks? Or am I going to get out and try to figure out how to move that log off so I can continue? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm, I like this. We're getting, we're giving sort of like some nuggets right now. Is this the kind of stuff that you write with like your poetry, like using these like metaphorical type um, pictures? Or I try to include that stuff. Uh, some of it is like me sharing trauma. Um, it's funny on the show, like when I'll be recording, sometimes I'll record a poem and then I'll go into the next talk segment and then I'll notice that I'm rhyming. Because sometimes <laughs> nowadays yep. the only way it can be real is I'll just be like, okay, let me, let me, I don't know, Dr. Seuss this a little bit. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I do it without meaning to. Mm-hmm. I like that. And you, so, so do you talk about your spirituality through your poetry as well? I have in a couple poems, actually. Um, I'm looking at my blog right now, trying to figure out if I had any to share, but I'm, I'm having a hard time, honestly. <laughs> okay, we're going to make sure to link those two so that our sternalites can find you. But if you find one, let us know. Absolutely. Sure. Um, the blog is the Duca Daily. It's dukadaily.wordpress.com. And uh, that's where I share, like, all, most of the poetry that's in my show. Some of it is on my Patreon, like, behind a little tiny paywall. But most everything I write can be found there. Yeah, I was going to ask more about, like, the poetry, like, if you get involved, like, in groups, like, critique groups, or if you mentor other up-and-coming poets, or anything like that. So I do help facilitate, like, some peer support within the local community, um, and there is, like, a little place we share poetry sometimes, uh, but it's nothing formal. Um, there's like a poetry night at one of the coffee shops here in the city that I kind of want to do, but I'm, mm-hmm. build, I'm building myself up to it, I guess. It's easier to release content myself it's in a very controlled way where I yeah. I can figure out how it sounds, how it's going to be delivered. Uh, do Getting up on stage is a little harder, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. I do a lot of public speaking for work and I have to talk to groups anywhere from five people to 500 people or more. And, um, I see people who have all these great things that they want to share or say, and they're just like, Oh, I can't talk in front of people. And so I love helping people get to the point where they can talk in front of people. And because I feel like there's a lot of things that people are like, no, no, like they don't want to hear it. They're going to, you know, I'm too nervous. And for me, at least when I'm, when I'm, especially poetry like I have a completely open mind I try not to judge anything I try to just take it all in and and really appreciate that someone is getting up on stage doing something that's really vulnerable for a lot of people to do so I hope that you're able to like see that dream realized yeah Yeah, me me too too. me too (laughs) uh social anxiety stage fright um that kind of stuff it's 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 hard to cope with sometimes And I feel like right now, you know, nobody knows if 
pandemic stoners like us, if we're going to keep up these habits as the world is kind of turning back on its axis again, uh, like we were saying, all these dispensaries have things happening. You can pick up, you can do drop off at your door now. Um, I feel like we all have learned never to underestimate COVID um, after all of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I hope it means I would the hope so. Yeah. There. Yeah. I hope so. We'll see for the holiday season. I'm curious what's going to happen this holiday season. I'm like optimistically curious because yes. um, I just got to keep, you know, telling my uh, every single episode of my show ends with the tagline life isn't that bad. And I try to sneak it into, you know, little things throughout the episode too. Because mm-hmm. like the more times I can remind myself that life isn't that bad, the more times I can remind everybody else. And I think that's really important considering what we've all been through with COVID and the pandemic and quarantine and, you know, uh, people were really lonely during a lot of that time and a mm-hmm. lot of people had to go through it alone. That's why it, it hurts a lot when people are like, oh, I don't listen to podcasts because that's how, what saved me. Just kind of like listening mm-hmm. to people talk on a yeah. show is, mm-hmm. is very, very parasocially helpful, I guess. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. Listen- totally. Mm-hmm. We started this pod- this podcast during the pandemic because I had tons of free time and couldn't see friends and couldn't get stoned with people. And so this podcast only happened because of the pandemic. And so um, I think it's important that people remember, like, where we were, you know, in 2020 uh-huh. and where we are now. And um, don't, don't forget that journey that we all kind of took collectively together. And thank you so much, Bailey, for, sh- for sharing that. Um, we usually like to do a thing called Munchie of the Week. <laughs> what are you munching on lately? So uh, I do like to cook. Um, I For lunch today, I made a elk stew. What? Uh, elk stew? She said uh-huh. elk. Elk stew, yeah. Like me. Elk like that <laughs> beef stick we had last season? <laughs> <laughs> I'm eating raisin bran for lunch. I mean, this sounds great. <laughs> no, I just I, I uh, sliced up some celery and carrots and onions and potatoes and garlic and then threw it all together in a pot with some elk and made a roux and then seasoned it and made a little broth. Oh, this is bougie. This This is. I wouldn't even know where to get elk. This is amazing. Yeah, I don't know where to get elk. I was just thinking, like, do I cut up that beef stick we had? (laughs) (laughs) Pickle meat. Pickle meat. They sell it at, like, natural food stores. Okay. This sounds good. This sounds... Wow. Like, I was expecting, like, I don't know. Usually we get, like, chips or Cheetos. Right, Cheetos. (laughs) Cheese dip. This is... I feel like I might poke you, Bailey, if it's okay, and get a pseudo recipe. Mm-hmm. I I can look some up, but I'm just curious. Uh, you said you, you put celery, and what else? You said potatoes. Celery, potatoes, carrots, garlic, uh, a whole onion, and then like a pound of elk. And you just throw it all in the pot, simmer it, add some water, make a roux. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, that sounds so delicious. And with the weather getting like kind of chilly, depending on where you are, like that mm-hmm. sounds good. That sounds there you go. Super, super good. So like, I, I have to, I do have to be honest though. Like I don't always do that. Um, most of the time, <laughs> like sometimes I'm lucky if I have Cheetos for breakfast, you know? 
But when you do it up, you seem to do it up well. But hey, I can't knock the the Cheetos for breakfast sometimes. It's fantastic. Me neither. Yeah, who doesn't like Orange 10 for breakfast? (laughs) Beautiful. Beautiful. I had, a, no. I had a biology teacher who had us do a science experiment with Cheetos in high school um, to, to see if we could make them burn. Uh, and oh, yeah, they don't they, catch fire. <laughs> yeah, they, they're, they are flame retardant. <laughs> no way! Yeah. I didn't know this! <laughs> yeah, that tells you everything you need to know about Cheetos. They stain your <laughs> fingers orange and you can't catch those bitches on fire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This is what we're putting in our stocking up for the apocalypse. That's that's great news to know. And pro tip is the (laughs) pro tip is the flaming hot Cheetos uh, burn longer. They're more (laughs) flaming hot. Of course they are. (laughs) True to their name, that seems like it checks out. (laughs) Now Bailey, before we wrap up today, we want to play a new game with you. It's conspiracy theory of the week this week the conspiracy theory is surrounding the queen because you know she recently passed away rest her soul queen um and there's been a lot of conspiracy theories about i i didn't even know i had perpetuated a conspiracy theory we were watching you know queenie be like driven around everywhere and i offhandedly said while i was like munching on my edible i was like she ain't in there (laughs) she ain't in that coffin (laughs) And, and my partner was like she absolutely is and i was like come on taking her from from london to scotland right and i was like nah that box is empty and, and he was like it is not empty they would not do that and i was like yeah i was like if it was me and i was running shit i would not put the queen in that box like no i would not and then i heard like um some guard fell asleep uh and her box fell down the first night it was in there so there's a lot of people who don't think her body was in there i have um, heard nothing about this and i'm just mm-hmm. fascinated right now mm-hmm. Yep, there's been a lot of talk that she wasn't actually in the box. Um, people have been tweeting about it. Um, people, The main thing, people were like, oh, she's decomposing. Like, why would you just be, like, dragging her around everywhere? That's what I was thinking, like, the whole time I've been reading about it. She's <laughs> getting smelly. She's the that what they're going to do, is, and I'm just joking here, of course. What they're going to do is they're going to, like, preserve her head and, like, keep it under Disneyland. So yep. The Get technology. The yeah. <laughs> yep. I'm behind this one. I was just shocked. I was convinced she had been a robot for many years now. And so when she passed, I was like, wait, what? Someone forgot to charge her? Like, what happened? Yeah, it didn't register did for not real. Her correctly? Yeah, I was like, come on. Did no one give her an update? What happened? And so, um, it, also, like, if I was the queen, I would want, like, the sickest, like, coffin. I hope it's, like, refrigerated inside. I hope she's got rave lights going in there. Right? <laughs> Like, pour one out for the homies. So, yeah, there are people who just did not, they just were not, like, Australian people in particular were very triggered and were like, nah, she's not in there. Um, 
but I, I, you know, I went some digging because, you know, you get down those rabbit holes and I was like, let me see what happens when you embalm someone. And so they were like, yeah, she could just be embalmed and, and uh, being okay. But I just, I think it's weird to like, just, I realize people want to pay respects to her. I don't think we get it, right? We have a president for four, eight years right. max, but like she was in office for 70 years, I believe. So, um, I can't I even imagine. Yeah, imagine being stuck with the same. It's like your, your, <laughs> well, she's impartial. Her whole thing is that she's person supposed to be that they looked up to. They're like your grandpa, and then you yeah. all being the same person. I don't know. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. that's hard to comprehend. Mm-hmm. I saw some other cool stuff about her coffin as well, because like I said, rabbit hole here, and so um, it's believed that Queen Elizabeth's coffin reportedly years. was made like over thirty years ago, and that it's lined with lead. And that lead is supposed to help preserve the body for longer. And apparently this is a royal tradition that dates back hundreds of years with Queen Elizabeth I, King Charles II, uh, even Princess Diana. According to Westminster Abbey records, they all were buried in these lead-lined coffins, which are airtight, so no moisture can get in. Um, And so that means the bodies can be preserved for up to a year, I guess. Um, So like if you're being buried in a vault or something, that's where this kind of comes from. Um... But yeah, I'm just, I, I, there's a lot of conspiracy theories about the queen going, going around. Um, so I thought that was interesting. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I lost my connection there for a little bit. No, no, you're fine. You're still with us. We're still, we're, we're still just talking about lead line coffins. Um. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, said. cool. <laughs> like, didn't miss anything. Did not. No, I got a little anything. worried because, like, I, I said something and then I just went completely silent. And I was like, oh no, <laughs> they Uh-oh. hate me. They <laughs> we dropped you. <laughs> oh, no. Uh uh-uh. uh. Uh-uh. This is Big Brother. We're talking We're talking about the queen and they're mm-hmm. like, shut it down. Shut it down. This conspiracy. This is going to happen, B. Watch. This is every what, time. Yeah. Every time we talk about a conspiracy theory that has some sort of, like, semblance of truth, some shit's going to happen. Watch. Yep. <laughs> Text stuff. Keep keep an ear out, stoner lights. Like I bet you. <laughs> well, perfect, Bailey, perfect timing. I love that you came on our show. I love that you shared your podcast and your story and your journey through the end of the world, but not the end of the world with us. Um, where can our listeners find more about you on the web? Where can they support you? Give us some some deets. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so my Twitter is at life isn't podcast. Uh, I have a Patreon as well. That's at life isn't bad. Uh, I have a TikTok where I'm currently doing uh, ARG for Halloween. I'm very excited about that. Uh, my username there is at Bailey Bay. That's like B-A-E, but with two A's. Okay. And then I also and- have my blog at dukadaily.wordpress.com. Yes, I'm going to check that out because I really, I love poetry. And you said ARG. Is this the alternate reality game? Is that what Yeah, you're... yeah. Okay, sweet. I just wanted to make sure that I was on the up and up. Still got a young heart. So I'm <laughs> excited about that. <laughs> I bought a creepy mask from Spirit Halloween the other day. Um, oh. And I'm doing like hidden messages at the end of, of audio yes. clips and that yes. kind of thing. Um, this is fun. Yes. I love things like this things like this we're gonna put the links for bailey's site so that you guys don't have to write it down you don't have to remember it we're stoners we know our memories are awful 
B, where can our stoner lights find you on the web? You can always find me on Instagram at wavy.flower.company, on Facebook at Wavy Flower Company, and also our website, which is uh, www.wavyflowercompany.com. Yes, thank you. And guys, you know where you can always find us on the web. We live, breathe, and dream stoned on Instagram, so we're always there at Stoned and Social. We're still at our new website www.stonedandsocial.com you can use either of these platforms to reach out to us let us know if you have some ideas for some episodes or some munchies or if you found a cool conspiracy theory you want to share with us and we will talk more about it um otherwise it's been great to have you both here and we will be here same place same time next week don't forget namaste stone bye guys bye bye